the political process in order to allow this to happen. When you talk about being in favour of dialogue, give us a, a sense of, of the nature of that dialogue. How much trust is there in that dialogue? Well, it is an atmosphere of the lack of trust. But see how far we came in the last year, where people in Sirat were not even sitting at the same table to eat together. But now the Libyan political dialogue, they all were in Sirat, they were supporting this process of the government formation. How far did we come in the last year from not eating together, not shaking hands together, and now really sitting around the table and at least uh, trying to overcome this atmosphere of mistrust? The, the possibility of Islamic State to operate is that much greater when there is chaos. To what extent is it possible, even with a government of national unity, to deal with what will be continuing profound security issues? There are three main driving uh, factors now that everybody really has the political insight that things have to move. One you just mentioned is the expansion of the Daesh, which has to be stopped. But the second one is the dire humanitarian situation where 2.4 million people out of six in Libya depend on humanitarian assistance. And the third one is the shrinking financial resources the shrinking oil revenues, the falling oil prices, and this forces the political elite really now to uh, have the insight that only a government of national unity can tackle these problems. But I totally agree, this cannot be done overnight. The UN Special Representative for Libya, Martin Kobler. Now, the BBC's Panorama programme has uncovered hundreds of letters that tell the story of Pope John Paul II's 30-year friendship with a married woman. The letters to Polish-born American philosopher Anna Teresa Timonieska were hidden away in the National Library of Poland. There is, though, no evidence that vows of celibacy had been broken. Our religious affairs correspondent Caroline Wyatt has the story. This is the story of the Pope's letters to perhaps his closest female friend, letters not seen in public before. Pope John Paul II was a famously conservative Pope. He ruled the Catholic Church for 27 years, but he had a private side too. The Pope was writing to a married woman, Professor Anna Teresa Timonieska, a fellow Pole and a philosopher and writer. They became close for more than three decades. Marsha Malinowski negotiated the sale of Anna Teresa's letters. I do believe she completely fell in love with him during the first phase of their relationship. I think that it's completely reflected in the correspondence. The letters have been hidden away in the National Library of Poland. Pope John Paul II let their friendship grow, writing, God gave you to me and made you my vocation. The future Pope invited Anna Teresa to join him and others on country walks or skiing holidays. They even went camping. Anna Teresa invited the then Cardinal to stay with her family at their country home in New England in 1976. Photos then show the future Pope at his most relaxed. After the trip, his letters suggest a man struggling to make sense of their friendship in Christian terms. One from September 1976 says, My dear Teresa, I have received all three letters. You write about being torn apart, but I could find no answer to these words. Eamon Duffy is Professor of the History of Christianity at the University of Cambridge. When people think about celibacy of the Catholic clergy, they immediately think about the sexual dimension of it. Priests who've discussed it with me have invariably said that the issue is loneliness, the lack of relationship, they need to love somebody. 
After he was elected Pope, John Paul II still found time to write to Anna Teresa, some letters looking back fondly on his holiday with her and her family in 1976. Pope John Paul II died in 2005. Almost immediately, the process of writing Anna Teresa out of history began. The extent of her role in John Paul II's life has, until now, remained largely hidden. The late Pope's biographer, Carl Bernstein. We're talking about St. John Paul. This is an extraordinary relationship. It is out of the ordinary in the papal context. It's not illicit. Nonetheless, it's fascinating. It changes our perception of him. There's no suggestion that the Pope, now Saint John Paul II, broke any vow of celibacy, nor that their relationship became physical. But the letters show the human side of a much-loved Pope, doing one of the loneliest jobs on earth. A fascinating story brought to us by our religious affairs correspondent, Caroline Wyatt. Now, many millions of parents around the world who work have to leave their children to be cared for by others, but the majority...